Welcome to AEM Early Access, a collaboration between Brown University Emergency Medicine and the editors of the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and here's what we've got for you today. Disparities in healthcare quality frequently focus on underuse. Today, we're talking about a recent paper that evaluates racial and ethnic differences in the administration of low-value services delivered in the Pediatric Emergency Department. First author, Dr. Joyce Lee, MD, MPH, is here to discuss this paper entitled Racial and Ethnic Differences in Low-Value Pediatric Emergency Care. Dr. Lee is a pediatric emergency medicine physician at Boston Children's Hospital and an assistant professor in pediatrics and emergency medicine at Harvard Medical School. She has a focus on providing high-quality, uniform emergency care for all pediatric patients in all ED settings. Don't forget to read the full text of this article available on the Brown Emergency Medicine blog at brownemblog.com. Dr. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Great. Thanks so much for having me. So your paper focuses on racial differences in the administration of low-value care. So before we get started, let's talk for a second about what exactly low-value care is. Like, What specifically does that phrase mean? Yeah, absolutely. So low-value care is defined as care where potential harm exceeds the potential benefit of care uh, based on supporting literature. Um, So an example that probably most people are familiar with, even if they don't know the term low-value care, um, would be the example of a pediatric patient that comes in with minor head trauma and the use of head CT. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a good body of evidence that shows that the risk of cancer from radiation exposure may be higher than the risk of a clinically significant head injury for the majority of pediatric minor head trauma patients. And so for a subsection of patients, clinical observation prior to CT decision-making for children is one recommended approach. Excellent. So you note that low-value care has mostly been studied in adults in the past. What do we know about low-value care in the pediatric population beside the example that you just gave us? Yeah, there have actually been several studies looking at specific medical conditions and their associated tests and treatment for pediatric low-value care, and um, there's a very good body of evidence um, to basically help define which conditions we should be thinking about and which specific tests and treatments are unlikely to yield a substantial benefit to patients while also having a risk of harm. And so based on this data, formal recommendations have been made, and so some people may be familiar with the Choosing Wisely campaign. This is a campaign specifically focused on minimizing low-value care and works in collaboration with several medical organizations such as the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, the American College of Emergency Physicians, um, to make specific recommendations. And so uh, the AAP, for example, has a top 10 Choosing Wisely recommendation list and includes things like avoiding CT for minor head trauma, simple febrile seizures, and routine evaluation of abdominal pain and avoiding antibiotics for viral respiratory illnesses. Awesome. So we already know that serious racial disparities exist in healthcare in both adult and pediatric populations. Can you describe some of what is known about it in the pediatric population? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is unfortunate that we see these patterns in pediatric emergency care with both diagnostic and treatment racial disparities. 
Most evidence is focused on underutilization, um, including underutilization of pain control for non-white populations for things such as fractures and abdominal pain, and then underutilization of testing for non-white populations for abdominal pain. Um, and this is unfortunately in the setting of a growing body of evidence of worse healthcare outcomes for these populations. Um, so for example, there have been several studies that show increased adverse events, uh, longer length of stay, lower patient satisfaction for non-white pediatric patients and their families. Um, but the data for racial disparities on the overutilization of low-value care is really less well-described. There are a few studies that exist, but they have generally focused on just a single condition, um, such as overuse of imaging in bronchiolitis or imaging in the use of asthma. And in general, they have found overuse among white patient populations in this area. Interesting. Okay. So let's turn our attention to your paper now looking at racial disparities in the delivery of low value services. So how might differences in the delivery of low value services be a contributor to inequitable care? And what questions were you interested in answering with your study? One of the primary drivers of inequitable care is unconscious bias. And one of the best definitions of unconscious bias I've seen um, is from Georgetown University's National Center of Cultural Competence. Um, and they define implicit or unconscious bias as bias that operates outside of the person's awareness and can be in direct contraindication to a person's espoused beliefs and values. And that's really what makes it so dangerous. It automatically seeps into a person's affect or behavior outside of their awareness. And so it can really compromise the health go goals that the provider is seeking to provide unknowingly to that provider. So one of the first steps to really combat uh, unconscious bias is understanding where those patterns of inequitable care are. Providing good care is providing safe, effective care, and generally have been focused on underutilization of necessary care. But low-value care confers a higher risk of harm compared to benefit. So it is important to really understand if and where inequitable care may be occurring in this domain as well so that we can really minimize potential harms to our patients. Okay, so your team performed a retrospective multi-center cross-sectional study of pediatric emergency department visits to tertiary care children's hospitals in 2018 and 2019. And you used PHIS, or the Pediatric Health Information System, for your data. Can you tell us about this database? Sure, absolutely. So um, PHIS, sometimes it's also called FIS. Um, is a national administrative database, and it's overseen by the Children's Hospital Association. The Children's Hospital Association is a membership uh, association of over 200 children's hospitals that allows children's hospitals to collaborate together on a variety of projects to promote pediatric care. Um, and one of those uh, domains is basically research. So it contains anonymous patient data from over 40 children's hospitals spread out throughout the United States. Um, and the data quality and reliability in FIS are assured through the Children's Hospital Association as well as the member hospitals. Um, and it has actually been really extensively used in several large database research studies, and it really allows for multi-center, diverse um, research studies that uh, really encompass the whole United States. Okay, so tell us a little more about your study design and your methods. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you had mentioned, this is a retrospective multi-center cross-sectional study of pediatric ED visits that we uh, did from January 1st, 2018 through December 31st, 2019 using FIS. And we included discharged ED pediatric patients with nine different conditions and 12 different tests or ED treatments within those conditions. So we excluded patients with chronic care conditions, and we did put some age restrictions on the conditions to just help with those, uh, making sure that we really had refined the diagnoses. So for instance, bronchiolitis was restricted to patients less than two years of age. Um, and then we used a generalized linear mixed model to determine the association of race and ethnicity on receipt of low value services. And we adjusted for age, sex, uh, weekend, meaning they, uh, appeared on a weekend or a weekday, hour of presentation, payment type, year, household income, and distance from hospital. Um, and we also performed another analysis on the patients to look to see how many were admitted to the hospital within three days of being discharged from that initial ED visit between those that we had categorized as low-value care and those we had not. Okay, so you mentioned nine different conditions that you were looking at. Um, they were asthma, bronchiolitis, febrile and afebrile seizures, head injury, sinusitis, constipation, and facial trauma. Tell me, why these nine? Yeah, there were a few different reasons that we chose these nine. So first of all, we chose uh, more than one condition because we really wanted to see if there was a larger overarching pattern to how low value care was being provided to pediatric patients. Um, the second is we chose these conditions because they're very common, uh, generally, pediatric conditions that would present to most DDs. Um, last and more importantly, um, these conditions have excellent evidence for what tests and treatments are more likely to confirm harm over benefit to pediatric patients. So you wound up looking at over 4.6 million visits. It's a, it's a big data set. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about your results. What did you find about the prevalence of low value care overall? So overall, the prevalence of low value care is definitely dependent on the condition. So we found a very wide range from 0.7% for plain radiography for facial trauma up to 64% for any imaging for constipation. The most data really exists around low value imaging. And interestingly, we found rates that were lower for overall low value imaging compared to data from 2006 um, through 2016 in a study done by Cohen. Um, so these declines actually hopefully represent improvements in overall low value care delivery and specifically with imaging, probably the uh, overall education regarding harm associated with radiation in children. Um, but there was also a recent study on just overall trends in low value testing and treatment in bronchiolitis that came out in 2021. And this actually also supports this hypothesis that hopefully we are seeing trends of improving uh, the minimization of low value care. And what about the association of race and ethnicity on low value care? Yeah, absolutely. So when we adjusted for the co-founders I previously mentioned, compared with non-Hispanic white patients, non-Hispanic black patients had lower odds of imaging for asthma, bronchiolitis, afebrile seizure, head injury, headache, constipation, and facial trauma, and Hispanic patients had a lower odds than non-Hispanic white patients of receiving imaging for asthma, bronchiolitis, febrile seizure, head injury, headaches, and constipation. 
And uh, Hispanic patients were also less likely to receive corticosteroids for bronchiolitis and blood testing for febrile seizure. So um, in general, kind of summarizing all that, the trend towards greater imaging in non-Hispanic white patients um, was notable. Um, and we also noted that this seemed to happen across all of the included hospitals. Um, one area that differed was that non-Hispanic Black patients compared with non-Hispanic whites had a higher odds, actually, of receiving beta agonists and corticosteroids for bronchiolitis. And the majority of low-value care, as you're alluding to, is delivered to non-Hispanic white patients. What are some possible reasons behind this? I find this very intriguing. Yeah, I think it's likely multifactorial, uh, kind of everything in medicine. Um, but based on a, it's based on a combination of patient, guardian, and clinician factors. In general, patient and family concerns are one of the most common barriers to minimizing low-value care just in general. Um, in a large multi-center study, racial differences in parental guardian anxiety was the driving factor in higher low-value CT imaging for mild traumatic brain injury in non-Hispanic white children when compared to non-Hispanic black and Hispanic children. Um, additionally, providers perceive a higher risk of malpractice or poor patient satisfaction scores from white families if more testing and treatment is not delivered. Um, so this is really difficult because the ED is a setting in which heuristics in clinical de decision making are very prevalent, and it's um, therefore very particularly vulnerable to unconscious or implicit bias. And uh, we have other data that show that pro-white, anti-Black, Hispanic, American Indian implicit biases um, are, can be very prevalent among medical providers. And so our study really illustrates the pervasive nature of this mismatch of care based on race and ethnicity that extends to low value services. And while the directionality of differences in our study suggests a higher quality of care for non-Hispanic, Black, and Hispanic patients, the broader context of these findings is really this persistent role of likely implicit bias in medical decision-making, particularly in the context of a system where non-white populations are having worse healthcare outcomes. So any limitations of the study that you'd like to discuss? Yeah, you know, as with all studies, I would say uh, we always have, there's always some limitations. And for us, our main limitation would be that we uh, use the larger database. So the great thing about this large database is, as you said, we had millions of visits, um, but it is an administrative database. And so we did lack some degree of clinical data, um, which would include things like what the specific indication for testing and treatment was and what acuity these patients presented with. So services could have been misclassified as low value. Um, but we attempted to mitigate these differences by our exclusion criteria and with our readmission uh, analysis, um, which is that we found that for the group that we had categorized as low value care, still had extremely low uh, three-day revisit rates. Um, and we cannot rule out the possibility that higher, rest, higher rates of testing occurred due to a higher acuity of illness on initial presentation or may have factored into the ultimate diagnosis and actually disposition decision. Um, having said that, uh, on the converse side, uh, it is always also possible that our, uh, our estimates underestimated uh, the true prevalence of low-value services. Um, the last thing I would say is just that our study was uh, specifically on pediatric EDs within academic urban children's hospitals, um, so that may limit some of the generalizability of our findings. So to wrap things up, what do you think readers should take away from this study and what comes next? 
ultimately, implicit bias likely plays an omnipresent role in our clinical care and can affect all types of decision making. And to truly provide the best care possible, we need to understand our overall patterns of care in order to design interventions to support individual providers in identifying these patterns in themselves and in managing them. So on an administrative level, a multi-pronged approach is likely needed that focuses on the conditions that demonstrate the highest rates of low-value interventions. That approach would be a combination of interventions, such as implementation of hospital clinical practice guidelines to help uh, decrease variability in uh, individual provider care, implicit bias training, and individual clinic audit and feedback for clinicians with individualized data on practice patterns stratified by patient race and ethnicity. And hopefully our study is that first step to know where to focus those types of interventions. And for individual clinicians, hopefully this can help uh, all of us start to reflect on where our vulnerabilities may be in providing clinical care so we can take further steps to providing equitable, safe, and effective care for everyone. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lee, for your study and for coming to talk to us about it. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is great. Thanks for listening to this month's AEM Early Access. The full text of this article is available on our blog at brownemblog.com, open access for a limited time. Check out all of our podcasts on iTunes. Search for AEM Early Access, all one word. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.